calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Previously on Rocking Chair. Someone who didn't blow off her advisor. We arrived next to a row of tall hedges which hid a red barn with a little red door. Should we tell the one about that rocking chair? Be careful in the telling. The shaggy-haired boy strummed and sang. I was thinking of going home. The coast, father! I'll talk to the general about this. I'll heal or I won't. I can't force myself to do anything. Is that a hiking trail? Hi, you've reached Joan. Thanks for calling, but not gonna lie, I ignore any and all voicemails. No promises about texts either. Bye! Hi, Joan. It's Dr. Johnson. I'm concerned about your status, Ari, your evaluation this morning. You're two hours late now. It's essential we meet. I understand things have been tough. Just call me back and we can talk about this. I'm worried. Chapter 2. Houses into Homes. The woman in the expensive shawl now sat rigidly, eyeing the rocking chair. The atmosphere was relentless. I refused to feel guilty for speaking up before. The old codger, who could have never guessed what his tall tales around the fire would incite, was still standing, suspicious of sitting in all forms. The host, a jolly man at first, had settled into such a severe mien that I wondered how a face like that could have ever cracked a grin at all. And the old lady who was knitting continued doing so, never missing a stitch. The shaggy-haired boy set the guitar at his side. I won't be playing for a minute, but I will soon, if that's all right. He added, he was talking to me. I told you to go on. And so he began again, starting with the socialite couple from the city, moving now to the woods. These woods, of course. He added, Henry and Harriet pulled into their new drive that was a road in itself, away from the little town to the west. The finely pebbled way slithered up an eastern ridge to barely roll over the top and spill into the tiny lip just beyond. The architect would not ruin the ridge with any house, organic as it may be, so it lived in hiding to the world. The house then, it was a honeycomb and a totem pole on its side and Stonehenge, and an archway, long and flat, but tall at times, with a patio that might have been a roof at one point, then not, then a roof again, a pillar or three that could have been confused with ivy, and, most strikingly, a throng of long and stained windows, instilled with dripping triangles and the occasional slip of an oval. The sun itself seemed to look at it from across the world, shining through it like a prism. The interior was made entirely of long halls reaching towards the horizon, 
Long benches on either side and stained glass everywhere. A dining room to the right with a square chandelier hovering above, a salon to the left with a Steinway grand piano and squarish furniture. An exposed stairwell led down from the main hall and entered the master bedroom, which had great wide windows that looked onto the forested valley below. Back into the hill was a walk-in closet and a master bath with a claw-footed tub, crystal mirrors at the end of each. Henry led Harriet in, his hands over her eyes. In the corner, a great towering object covered in heavy canvas. All right, honey, this is getting to be a little much. Hang on, this is going to be all worthwhile. Henry, your hands are clammy. All right. Presto! Where are we? Uh, home, of course. Do you love it? I'll have to see. Not much lighting, is there? Not much, but God's light. See there? Windows everywhere, pouring into every room like waterfalls. We're surrounded by nothing. Trees, then... I can't put my finger on what exactly is wrong. And the architect is highly regarded. You know the new modern art museum along the park? Is that why we're in a honeycomb? Well, not quite a honeycomb. There's at least some activity in a hive. And I have a present for you. Come here. What's under that canvas, Henry? You're going to love this. Please, just show me. It looks so austere with this, what do you call it? A surprise. Ah, uh, charcoal. Sketch paper? Henry, it's been so long. It's like riding a bike. It is nothing like riding a bike. So draw some still lifes to get on the ball again. I remember a young woman I who don't. had just graduated from Mount Holyoke and had such dreams. Exhibitions. Picasso. And you never liked him. Uh, no, never. But I liked you. At the Young Artists Showcase. Much prettier than Frida Kahlo. Henry. Well, it's true. We've been on so many adventures together. This is the next. And this time, I want you to do what you love. These tender fingers have so much more to say. I know what it is. Uh, what what is? That makes this place so strange. It's quiet. Uh, yes, it is. Isn't that great? Don't you love it here, Harry? Oh, Henry, honest? Honest. It is nice. It's very nice. And I love the little road we drove up to get here, and the little town over the hill, and the way the sun shines through the windows. Frankly, Henry, I'm surprised how pleased I am that you're pleased. But this place scares me some. Like everything's a little askew. And that quiet. I wonder why no one's ever lived here before. There were those ghost stories growing up. Witches, a demon bore, spontaneous combustion, a fire. But I've hiked all through those woods as a boy. And yes, they are quiet. But they are only peaceful. I'll retire completely soon. And until then, I can get away with four-day weeks at the press. And when I'm done, you can show me around here. Sketch it for me. Figure out its secrets. Well, you're very romantic. I know. Not in a good way. You know, I wouldn't shy away from this if I were you. It's an opportunity to make something new. Henry, Henry, Henry. It's work. 
figure you've got to make the best of a difficult situation. Figure that building Henry's nest is an everyday occupation. Forgive me then my reticence, and if my smile's a smirk, it's all in how I get a sense of this impending work. It starts with a picture that dances in your brain. Pin down the picture, advance then in that vein. The walls are a canvas where paths that you can stain. To make a house a home, it takes some work. Each choice is a puzzle. The pieces have to fit. Which color curtains, which creases, and which knit? It's all a momentum that ceases if you sit. To make a house a home, it takes some work. Don't remember memories of homes you don't have now. Was it home if all you did was worry about? singing in harmony. Come the spring and come the chance to grow. To build a cathedral, one must start from the ground. To build the cathedral, one must start from the ground. The ground, the ground, the ground. Light the furnace, flint and steel, water whoosh and whirl the wheel. All you sown is all you own. All the world's foundation is the stone. We the people, the people, the people, the people. 
wasn't quite right, was it? A choir house in the middle of the woods, which was at this point still a town. The altos were flat, as if Mrs. Swift could hear us from over there, the deaf toad. Once more then, the pickup to 85. Flop! One, two. Foundation is the stone. One at a time then. Bases, one, two. Foundation is the stone. That's fine. Trebles, don't strain yourself now, Mrs. Brophy. One, two. Foundation is the stone. Lovely, as always, Mrs. Swift. Thank you. I think you cut off too late. Please don't mutter at me, Mary Brophy. I'm likely to catch whatever you have. All right, tenors, together. One. Foundation is the stone. <laughs> you know, I can never really tell when it's me that's singing. Heavenly is a eunuch. <laughs> Enough. The altos then. One, two. Foundation is the ah, 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 root it out, altos. Oh, Ichabod Crane, you know it's Grandma Pease's fault. Excuse me, Missy. Don't be cruel, Katrina. What do you suggest we do? Everyone ought to stand up. The pitch sacks when we're at ease in the pews. <laughs> Ollie's her pew. Nice idea, Mrs. Swift. Altos, would you please stand? Thank you. Your starting pitch. One, two. Foundation is the stone. Excellent. All together, everyone. One, two. Foundation is the stone. All right, that'll do it. Let's take a short break before we continue on with singing. As you rest, Mrs. Swift has asked if she might say a few words about the upcoming harvest celebration. Thank you, Mr. Crane. As you know, our town harvest is going to be outdoors on the General's front yard on the 21st of October, beginning midday and lasting until sunset. Though the General and I have been asked if we will hire musicians for a <clears throat> contra dance after dusk, we have decided that it is not entirely respectable for this town to engage in such lewd behavior. Ah, oh, come on! Some of us still feel active below their belt buckles, Mrs. Swift. No dancing, Tom Dunn. And fie on you, there are children here. Be that as it may, there will be opportunities for group sings throughout. And of course, we are blessed this year with a pageant written by our own poet laureate, Patrick Barrows Brophy. Elegy for a man, bitten by a rattlesnake. Please, stand up, young Patrick Barrows. Woo! I know him! For the which we are seeking volunteers to take the lead roles. My husband, the general, will be playing Lieutenant Merrick, as he has real-life experience on the field of battle, and Patrick Barrows will play the narrator. 
but we need three volunteers to be the young lovers and the rattlesnake himself. Any takers? Ooh, I shall play a lover. Thank you, Katrina. I the other. Excellent, Ichabod. And the villainous rattlesnake? I have to play the rattler. I helped him write the role. Uh, Mrs. Brophy. Mary, if I, uh, if I may be frank, the rattlesnake is a physical part. And you may not be able to afford the energy necessary. Please, Mrs. Swift. Only she can play the harmonica. It's true. Very well. I, of course, shall lead the rehearsals. Now there is one more thing to mention. In order for this harvest feast to truly be a feast, we must all contribute to the table. I understand crops have not been quite satisfactory this year for some, but we must do our best. The harvest is not some silly old party the General and I host every year. It is a benchmark for our little settlement. Though we are simple folk, we are growing every year, and perhaps one day we shall earn the name of Township. To reach such a day, we must build our community up together, encouraging competition and rewarding progress. Thank you all. I'm very excited to act with you in the pageant, Miss Van Toverhex. If you are half as good of a player as you are a singer, I'm sure it will be quite a spectacle. Yes, I think it'll be a spectacle indeed. You were red as rhubarb when she made you stand up. Enough, Constance. Did your mother write it in secret to keep it from me? Or from father? Leave me alone. I think father, he looks so very angry. Abigail, were you planning on going to the celebration with anyone? My sister and I usually arrive together. Well, that's true enough, but now that Katrina's in the pageant, she might be occupied with the Ichabod. I hadn't realized that. You might think about going with me? Well, all right, Tom. I think it'll be fun, so long as you keep your hands to yourself. I am always a gentleman. <laughs> Mrs. Swift, would we be able to rehearse at our farmhouse? I need to keep an eye on Constance during rehearsals, and I wouldn't want her to be in the way at yours. I'd rather not, Mary. My grounds are where the performance is taking place, and I want my staging to be quite accurate. Not only that, but... Frankly, it's a great deal for me to travel down the brook so far. Oh, very well. I see I'm already making compromises. I appreciate it. I'm sure you do. Don't worry, sir. I'll get you a great big turkey or hog for your table. Men can't eat a meal of just corn and rotten apples, can they? Brophy. Well, I've... Lance Benjamin, you know there's no real game in the woods. Maybe a deer, but venison never digests well for me. Uh, General Swift, I... Not to a skilled hunter, sir. No, siree. Where I come from, I shot the prize bird, caught the prize trout, and even skinned a few bars in my time. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, you can't shoot anything outside 20 feet with your eyes. You should have seen him last Christmas, boys. Very nearly shot my mother on accident. Thought she was a turkey vulture. Accident. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Elizabeth! Honey bunny? Uh, General Swift, I wanted to ask you something about my house. Not too drafty, is it? When we did the repairs, we had thought the windows were... Nothing to do with the repairs. We're very comfortable. Oh, that's good. Did you ever notice anything... odd about the house? Odd? Objects moving, doors closing of their own accord. That kind of thing? Sounds strange. You might want to ask old Rockadundi if you're really curious. The house was his family's, after all. But I would say, the last time I spoke to him was when I bought the property off of him. 
kind of fella you'd rather avoid. Where does he live now? I tend to him. Ah! Oh, oh. <laughs> didn't see you there, Grandma Peas. He's not long for this world, but I give him room and board and give him soothing concoctions to ease his pains. Why don't you come by tomorrow, Mr. Brophy? I'll enjoy seeing a handsome face like yours at my door. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Thank you, Mrs. Peas. Grandma Peas? If you'll excuse me. Now, General, about that Benjamin Palmer hunting around in my woods. You know uh, Rawhead and I... All right, all right. Everyone back to their places. We'll finish rehearsal with one more hymn. Is it the hymn you've written? You flatter me, General. No, it is not yet ready. Belchertown, LMD, everyone. Page 110 in your shape notebooks. Here is Far. Why am I born in sin? Who blames me for a fall? I let no tempter in. I give to one and all. Yet still I bear this curse, and still I swim or stream. For birth is but the verse, and life is but the dream. So let this burden be a shining ornament for when. So I come into the story now. I'm sorry if I don't live up to the other characters. I'm usually a teller, not an actor. There's a difference. The fire that burned behind the shaggy-haired boy seemed to abstract itself into the autumn wood he was describing. He was, supposedly, walking alone through the woods on the hiking trail, humming some banal song to himself. And Joan... Lost, lost Joan was walking beside him. It wasn't intentional. He was already getting defensive. But they kept catching up to each other on accident. I've gone on a few late afternoon hikes in search of some especially spooky graveyard, and I remember the dance that you have with other hikers. Nice day for a walk. Nothing like it. Smile, smile. But these two weren't like this. One person wasn't faster or slower than the other. They were compelled. Is he walking beside me on purpose? I hope she doesn't think I'm following her. Maybe I should say something. But what would I really say? I'll just go on my way. What could I say? So I'll try to pick up my pace. It's like I'm running a race. I'll just slow slow down. down. And we're neck and neck. We might as well talk about it. We might as well talk about it. You're following Hmm? me. What? No. Honestly, no. I'm just hiking. So am I. I guess let's hike together. If that's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Just look at him. Luck like this doesn't come when you wanted to do, I wanted to. What do you do? Um. I'm the 
kind of guy who stumbles on a vocation Depends on my location No use asking why The stars are given their station It's all a constellation I fill in gaps and take some naps Make sure I take my time I live in wrecks and cash my checks Yeah, I don't save a dime I need to take my time To do what? Cause there's a song I haven't written So I'm a dog after a scent Can't beat the bug after you're bitten Gotta spend until you're spent Like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a dog I'm hungry for tomorrow I'm craving good tomorrow Tomorrow ain't too far Like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a hungry dog So many people live forgetful Give up their golden dreams to dross Say expectations can't be met Fool, chuck their lives up to a loss Be a dog, be a dog, be a dog, be a dog Be hungry for tomorrow Go crave some rare tomorrow Tomorrow ain't too far oh, Like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a hungry dog Life's an audition to prove that you're here Higher ambition, the higher the tear As a musician, I vie for the ear Make it my mission to not disappear So there's a song I'm close to writing And it's the best song written yet And I'll be chasing, I'll be biting So let's go, I'm already set I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog I'm hungry for tomorrow I'm craving prime tomorrow Tomorrow ain't too far oh, Like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a dog Like a hungry dog A ravenous dog A hungry Like a dog, like a dog, like a dog I'm chasing for tomorrow Can't sit inside your sorrow Tomorrow ain't too far oh. Like a dog, like a dog, like a dog, like a dog Like a hungry dog So? So? What do you do? So when I get a minute, I go somewhere alone Some somewhere no one knows my name And slyly start to people watch To see how we're all the same If someone looks unhappy, it cuts me to the bone But I feel kinda glad they're sad you see that when you people watch You see every sad you've had In my career I act as nurse And how someone might think Without perspective systems worse And hurdle to the brink A counselor must know the person Each complex or kink But in the end just be a person People are the link So when you lose your bearings and fall in the unknown Go find some overcrowded view And slyly start to people watch And see someone just like you And see someone just like you
you act as nurse and how someone might fear. Without perspective, systems worsen, hurdle to the brain. A counselor must know the verse in each complex or key. But in the end, just be a person, people are the I could almost see them go on together down the trail until they were a twinkle in the golden afternoon, and I felt the sting of tragedy. I wondered why I felt this as the autumn light dimmed into a pale orange to a foreboding red and then darkness. For a moment, I was bathed in a confusion until my senses caught up to me and I smelt the burning cigar and heard the click of the needles cease. The fire at the inn had gone out. Can someone light a lamp? I asked. My voice sank into the soft room around it and found no one in it. Anybody? The drizzle giggled at me against the window panes. My eyes ached to see, useless. I clumsily traced the edges of the soft chair I was sitting in and I felt my way around to the back of it, clutching the edge like it were the last rung on the ladder to the abyss. The air, once warm and drowsy, was drafty and raw. It reminded me of jumping into a swimming pool. Goosebumps on an evening in June, my ankles still bony and careless. A cold, small hand fell on mine. And yelping, I released my grip on the chair. I found myself standing alone in the middle of the floor. Discombobulated and cinderless, and I heard a creak. I called out louder for my host. For the shaggy-haired boy, a creak answered. And another. Was that a third? I could not tell from the rapping windows and the blood in my eardrums. 
My stomach dropped as a great weight wrenched my lapel to the floor. On my back, looking up at the emptiness, I felt two small knees pressing against my side. The wind was knocked out of me, and a mouth pressed itself against my ear and began to mutter. On the land my father owns, the ground is stubborn, cold, and harsh. Where roots are not, are heavy stone. Wherever flat is sulky marsh. My father has a task for me with all these rocks he has to dredge. Surrounding all his property, I build for him a stony hedge. I watch him shovel, pick, then hoe, though harvest still is wan and small. The only thing that seems to grow is my own work, my cobbled wall. Is this forever, then our fate, our father's toil, our son create? I felt my strength return, and I called out to the paralyzing imp, Get off! Grabbing a limb, I threw it from my body with all I could muster and was met by starry pain as my knees slammed into the floor. Did you have a nice nap? Like a splash of water, I felt the warmth of the fire again and found myself surrounded by my ogling companions once more. I had, I realized, thrown myself from my chair where I had been caught in a dream. But my heart had dreamed no dream. It thumped as if it were all true. I swear I just saw, or heard at least, the boy again. The old codger laughed a big, cruel laugh. (laughs) Shame on you for riling everyone up. The woman in the expensive shawl pointed at the grandfather clock. All right, kids, it's my bedtime. Who's with me? Heavens, I'm not sleeping a wink, she said. I almost argued, but her sneer indicated I didn't have the grounds. It was evident my shout had shaken everyone. They filed away into the dark, the host clutching my shoulder with some paternal affection. I ought to rest, he meant. The knitting lady waved a hand. I'm staying up. And so the host, the codger, and the woman in the expensive shawl ascended the dark passage, and I eyed the rocking chair again. I've never taken much to imagination trying to tell you anything. I imagine, as everyone else does. But I have always been proud of understanding that dreams are nothing but dreams. But there's a word that came to mind as I watched the shadows dance on the spindles of this chair that I could not ignore. Poised. My spine shot together as I felt a grip on my arm. The shaggy-haired boy cajoled me around and sat me down in the very rocking chair. We don't have to stop if you don't want to. You've been listening to Rocking Chair. Rocking Chair is written, directed, and produced by Scantic River Productions. For transcripts and more information on our cast and creative team, visit our website at scanticriver.com.